Welcome to Discovering Spirit Within. This is Reverend Deborah Phillips coming to you from Spiritual Life Center in Sacramento, California. And today I want to talk about what it means to be a holy witness. Fear not, I am not talking about witnessing for God or for religion or for anything like that. I want to, well, basically take us into another version of Deborah redefines the word. I'm not going to completely redefine witness, but I'm going to talk about it in a way that might be a little bit different from the most common way the word witness is used. I'm going to do a little bit of background on how I got to this uh, topic. I'm going to go back a long time. I was in my probably late 30s or so, and um, I had an incident that happened at work, and I was unhappy about it, and I was being reactive. And so I went home and I called my best friend, and I'm dialing or punching buttons or whatever we were doing back then, and thinking, I'm going to get her perspective because I want her perspective. And then I stopped midstream and I just started laughing because I realized in that moment I didn't want her perspective. I wanted her to tell me I was right. So I put down the phone and sat down and thought about what I was doing and where I was coming from. And I didn't have as much training as I do now. I had some, and so I did have the, the tools to sit down and think about it and change my, my reaction to it and whatever. If I could, if, now I wouldn't even do something like that. But back then, I thought that was, that was a pretty big step for me to stop and go, wait a minute, what am I really looking for? And what I was looking for was validation, Validation is important to us, and that's one of the reasons why we end up um, looking outside ourselves so much, because we want to make sure that we're okay. And in that situation, I, I was just angry and probably hurt. I don't even remember what the situation was, but I wanted perspective. No, I didn't. I wanted to be told that I was right. I use this incident a lot in my own head, because when something comes up, I look at what I did then and then how I am dealing with something in this moment. And the cool thing about that is it tells me what progress I may or may not have made. And that's very, very helpful. What I have learned over the years is that what we really need to do is tell our story. Now, our motivation might be to get validation and be told that we're right. But when it really comes down to it, we simply need to express what has happened and we need someone to listen. You know, there's the whole thing about women want to just tell their story and men want to don't, they kind of listen, but they mostly just want to fix it as you're going along. And my husband have this, and I have this conversation quite a lot. I'll just be telling him something and he'll start interrupting me with, well, you know what they should do or you should do. And I just say to him, I don't want you to fix this. I just want to say this out loud. I need to say it out loud to somebody. Saying something out loud to a person, just one person, can have almost a magical effect on us in terms of being able to let things go and to rearrange them in our heads. This can go from just really mundane, everyday experiences to the most deep traumatic experiences that we have. And unfortunately, those really deep traumatic experiences are often the ones we carry within us and we never feel like, or we often don't feel like, we can't tell anybody. And it is in these moments that we need 
We simply need a witness. Now, I went back and I looked up witness in the dictionary because I always have to do that, especially if I'm going to play around with the word. And of course, the first thing that you think about is being a witness in court, you know, for legal reasons, or seeing you watch something and then you have to go testify about it. And indeed, the first definition of witness in the Merriam-Webster is attestation of a fact or event, or it's one who gives evidence. One asked to be present at a transaction so as to be able to testify as to its having taken place. And then there is one who has personal knowledge of something. And then I looked at the synonyms, and one of the synonyms for the verb to witness is note, notice, observe, and perceive. And that's the important definition for me when I'm talking about this sort of subject. It's like we all need someone to witness our pain and our joy. Now, I know I I feel like I'm often talking about the negative side of things when I do these podcasts, but so much of the time we're trying to come out of our pain into our joy that that's just the only perspective to start from. We need someone to witness, to understand, to know what has happened to us. And we don't always know that. But there have been times when I have just sat with someone and listened, just deeply listened and been a witness to their story with no comment afterwards, no judgment, no conversation, no trying to fix it, no doing anything except simply being a witness. And those have been some of the most sacred, holy moments of my life because the person felt safe, they were able to tell their story, and then they were able to move on because they said it out loud at least once. And anybody who has had traumatic experiences, women with rape, any child who's been molested, um, anybody who's been through a dysfunctional family where you were never allowed to talk about anything outside the family because that wasn't okay, and people who have mystical experiences and don't have anybody to talk to about it because nobody understands. The cool thing about being a sacred or holy witness is is that you don't have to understand it. You don't have to counsel the person with it about it. You don't have to do anything except sit there and witness their statement and allow it to simply be. Now, why am I talking about this? Well, partly because I don't think most of us think in terms of doing this. And also, what do you mean I'm going to sit and listen to somebody's horrible story and then not talk to them about it and not counsel them or not tell them to go to counseling or not be judgmental about it? You know, I, uh, I had a counselor back when I was 19 years old and we were doing a session and all of a sudden it came up that something had happened to me when I was about seven years old. And I really trusted this guy. I really did. But I looked up at him and he had this look of absolute disgust on his face. And it wasn't for me. It was for what had happened. And that memory buried itself again for another 10 years. 
because, and this guy was good. He was really good at what he did and he was really good at the poker face. But when I told him this particular story, he reacted and he's human and he wasn't bad for doing it. But I learned something from that as well, is that when someone is telling me something, I need to be as neutral as possible. And it's not easy, it's, especially if it's a really horrendous story. Mine was sort of semi-horrendous. The thing is, is when someone finally comes to a place where they can tell their story and they have chosen you to be the witness or you have agreed to be their witness, it is an incredibly sacred, holy moment and time that should be held with the highest respect, the highest level of confidentiality, and the highest level of neutrality on the witness's part as is possible. Now, I'm not saying you don't listen to the story and after you are away from the person, you don't kick rocks or express your own anger or whatever comes up for you about that. But remember that that is your stuff. It's not theirs and it's not really about them. It's your reaction to their story. Their story is theirs. They tell you the story, you let it be, and then you get to go off and work on your own reactions to it. So it's really a twofold thing. You are witnessing someone else's story, someone else's emotions, and then you get to go work on your own. That really is a very beautiful process if you think about it. First of all, the fact that someone would trust you enough to sit down with you and tell them this, whatever it is, deep, deep, deep secret. And I'm not going to say deep, dark, because I have had some mystical experiences in my life that I wanted to share with people, someone, anyone, partly to help clear my head and try to understand it a little bit. But I had no one to talk to who wouldn't either get all weirded out by it or bemoan the fact that they don't have those kinds of experiences or just um, try to interpret it for me, none of which I really would ever want. It was just like, I had this most amazing experience, and this is how I felt, and I would like to, exp I would like to share it with one person. I just need a witness. And very few people can do that. It's, a, it's, it's something I think that each of us could develop and what a gift to the world to be a witness for someone else's joy or pain and just know that all they need to do is tell their story. If there's work to be done, then they can go to a therapist or go to a spiritual counselor because the witnessing part is really just the first step for a lot of people. So how would this happen? Well, you might know someone who considers you a trustworthy person and they might come to you and they might say, I would like to tell you something and you can set it up and, you know, and then you make it make, if you, if that happens, if it happens that way, then make it more formal where you sit down and you get quiet and you take a breath and you allow that neutral energy to come in and you invoke sacred space and then you sit and listen. They tell their story and then you end it with another prayer or, or whatever affirmation or whatever it is that works for you, and then it's done. In other circumstances, you might be in a conversation with someone, 
and all of a sudden someone starts blurting out a story. Now, if you are a person who is in the so-called business of listening to people, there's kind of this automatic shifting into a different gear. It's like I sort of mentally put on my minister's stole. And it's like, okay, this is my sacred time. I am listening to this person. For people who don't do this on a regular basis, you might just want to start thinking about this. What would you do if someone did this and decide how would you switch into witness mode? How would you be able to take a breath, sit back and simply listen and not let all of that stuff that's probably going on in your head because you're human, I'm human, I have stuff going on in my head too, but it's yours, not theirs. And how would you simply listen to the person, witness their statement, and allow them to be heard and feel heard? Because most of us know that the most important things that we need in this life, we need to feel safe. We need to feel heard. We need to feel seen. And when you can sit and just listen to a person, and, 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 and we know when we're being listened to, don't we? We really know if someone is uh, sitting there going, lottie, 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 lottie in their head, or of course they've got their phone in their, in their hand or whatever. We know when we're being heard. We know when we're being seen, which means we also know when we're being not exactly blown off, but it's just our words are going past the person. It is so important for us to have at least one person in the world who sees us and hears us. You know, we can listen and listen, but never really hear. We talk about listening as a practice, but it's really the hearing part. Because I can listen to something and I can kind of know what was said, but did I really hear it? Did I hear everything that was important about what was being said, and did I understand it? It doesn't mean I have to care about it. It doesn't mean I have to have an opinion about it, but did I hear it? And of course, in this practice of being a holy witness, it is important that we hear what the person is saying, because even if you don't say a word, they will know. They will know if they feel heard and feel seen. And, you know, you can express something like, I'm sorry that that happened to you, or, wow, what an amazing experience, I'm so happy for you. But beyond that, you don't want to give people your judgments and your analysis of it. That's not what you're there for. You are there to help this person feel seen and heard just as you would want to be in that kind of situation. And maybe that is one of the ways to work yourself into being a holy witness is to think about what is it that I would want or need if I just needed to sit down and tell someone my deepest secret, the thing that I am the most afraid to talk about, what would I need in that situation? What would I want? What would make me feel the safest? And that might give you your own basis for becoming a holy witness. What is it that makes this such a special conversation? What is it that finally allows this person to unload? Because I can tell you from my own perspective, some of these joyous things that I've wanted to share, they kind of weigh on me as much as something negative because 
it's something I need to express and I'm holding it in. We are expressions of the divine. The creation of the universe expresses through us. And when we're not allowed or not able to express, then it gets repressed and it builds up pressure in our bodies, in our psyches, in our emotions. Not being able to express ourselves is not good for us. Now, I'm not saying that we have to go blather every single thing that comes into our minds, but there are very definite feelings, emotions, and thoughts that we do for our own health need to express. And a lot of times we only need to express it to one person. When I first started in a new thought, I was in a lot of prosperity classes because prosperity was a really big thing back then. One of the things that they taught us was to keep anything that we were working on, like maybe a new job or, you know, getting into a relationship, whatever the thing was, is that we didn't go around talking about it to everybody. Part of that was because it just dissipates the energy. And the other part of that is every single person you tell, you're going to get their feedback and you're going to hear their fears. They're going to tell you, well, it can't work for this reason. It can't work for this reason, which has nothing to do with what you're doing. It has to do with their fears And most of us have our own misgivings and fears when we're working on a project anyway. We don't need other people's stuff on top of it. Hence, the teaching is to find one or two trusted people that you can talk to and share your excitement, share your concerns with. Well, what are you doing there? You're looking for a witness, really. And yeah, you're looking for someone to help validate you. And if you find someone you can trust and understands what you're doing, then if they do give you feedback, it's going to be helpful feedback. It's going to be supporting what you're doing. But that basic teaching of not going around and talking about all of the stuff that you're doing really comes back to finding a witness, finding someone will hold the sacred space with you. Holding sacred space with someone is simply understanding that everything that we do is holy. Every moment is holy. Everything is sacred. Everything that we do comes from an inner impulse. It comes from the inner impulse of our heart, of our soul. And on some level, we are listening to our hearts and our souls. And when we run around telling everybody we can find what's going on and what we're doing and how we're doing it, and then asking for their validation, we're kind of stomping all over the sanctity of that relationship with the heart and with the soul. And that's why having a witness, having one or two people that you could go to, and and being a witness for other people is such a sacred, holy, amazing thing to be in this world. So much of what we do comes from our unconscious that we don't always show it the proper respect. And I don't think we can be faulted for that because it is unconscious. We don't quite understand what we're doing. But if I am doing a project, if I am called to do something, it goes much better when I realize that it is coming from an internal prompt, a holy prompt, that my actions are sacred They might feel ridiculous, they might feel silly, they might feel awkward, but everything that we do is sacred. Every experience we have is sacred. And our needing to express that, to talk about it with someone else, is also sacred. It's very important. And so 
we all need a holy witness at some point in our lives. We need a sacred witness. Even if it's a matter of having a conflict with someone that has left you completely discombobulated, if you can sit down with one person and simply tell your story and see it, have it witnessed and feel heard, you can walk away from that and then you can do your own work. Or if it's deeper than that, then you get someone else to help you. But the basic witnessing of the story is an amazing experience for both the witness and the speaker. It is a sacred time shared together and you have a sacred bond. And you know what? You may never even see each other again, but that sacred bond is there and you have done each other a service. You by witnessing, them by choosing you as the witness because what an honor to be called to witness someone else's story. I can't think of a greater greater honor than that. Because not only have they trusted you, they have entrusted your story, their experience, to the future. And at some point, you might need a witness to hear your story about that story. And that is how things are passed on. That is how we continue a history of this world that may never be written down. We tend to think of the oral tradition as something from the past, but all of us have family stories. All of us have stories that have been told to us by other people that will never, ever be written down. And some of those are the most important and sacred stories because they were too important, too personal, too deep to be written down. But someone is called to be witness to the stories. They're important. They're, being a witness is important in so many ways that I don't think I can even describe, but I think you get the idea. So I'd encourage you this week to think about what it means to be a witness, what it means to have someone witness your story, and find a way to integrate that practice into your life, the practice of being a sacred witness. I wish you a very insightful week. Thank you for listening today. Discovering Spirit Within is produced by Spiritual Life Center. If you enjoyed our discussion and feel inspired to support us, you can go to slcworld.org forward slash donate. And now until we meet again, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, deep peace of the quiet earth to you, deep peace of the shining stars to you, deep peace of the son and daughter of peace to you, and may the joys of the world go with you.